0: And welcome to This Game
1: Where with me, Ashley, and... And me, Chris. Hello, everyone. Hello, Chris. You alright? I am cracking. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm great. Good. I'm great. 80th. That was my version of Keith off um, off the Great Pottery Showdown. I don't know what that I'm is. I'm great. I'm great. He's, he's uh, quite a crier. Like, he likes to do a cry. He likes to get his emotions out. And oftentimes, he's on the edge. Town crier. No. Barry cry.
1: A, no, a sad cry. Right. But a happy cry. But he looks sad. I was going for cracking cause I watched uh, The Wrong Trousers yesterday and... Ugh. Oh, are you being serious? Ugh, yeah. Right. That's it. We're, we're, we're done.
0: Are we done? Like... Good. Do you know what? If I was going to guess anybody that was well
1: into the old Wallace and Gromit, it would have been you. It was perfection. Half hour of sheer perfection. It's bullshit. The first three are the. After that, it went downhill somewhat. But those original three are quality. They're not. They're so twee. Yeah, that's why I like them. Twee. Absolute twee core. So boring.
0: So boring. Sorry, this has not started off very well. This hasn't.
1: You got me in a bad mood now. Um, Wallace and Gromit. Wait, come on! It's like being stuck in the eighties. So we are doing our eightieth episode today. Happy birthday, us! It's like. Raymond Briggs, but not very good. 80th episode, as is tradition, we're doing multiples of 10. We are doing a game that neither of us has played before. It's like an old
0: tweed sweater with holes in the elbows that's been washed in too much
1: lavender-flavoured soap. And we've chosen a true classic for today's, apparently, rated 41 in IGN's best games of all time. We've chosen to do... Not Wallace and Gromit. Come on, I was teeing you up. That I was going to say it at the same time. We've chosen oh. to do Star Starcraft. Craft.
0: I could just do that after, couldn't I? I could just match us up. True. Also, we
1: were both so flat with as it failed massively.
0: Yeah. Why are we so flat with that? You're you're obviously down <laughs> because of the anti Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. That I've, I've I've handed out to you. I'm trying. To- you needed to be told the truth though.
1: I was trying to try hype us up. Are but, you hyped for this? Are you are you up for this one? Well, all right. This is. It's been quite a roller coaster for me coming to this because I'll, I'll be quite transparent, straight off the bat. I'm quite dreading doing this because even just making notes for this has bored me.
0: You were the one that chose it. Yeah. Let's I, just put that front and center. I. You you chose it. You had
1: no idea, it seems, what it was. I chose it because I know it's a real-time strategy, and we haven't done any of those yet, so I wanted to cover new ground, but I feel that I've not played a real-time strategy game for a reason. You've never played a real-time strategy game? I don't think so, no. Age of Empires? No. No. Command and Conquer. Apologies to people listening who... I know real-time strategy games have got lots of ardent, passionate fans. It's just that mm. I'm not one of them. But this might be one of those where I play it and I realise that I've missed it on something massive and life-changing yeah. uh, because of those narrow preconceptions. But I'm, I'm willing to change. Good, I'm glad. As you can
0: imagine, I have played quite a few real-time strategy games. They sort of go hand-in-hand hand with the turn based stuff that I like as well. And those classics like Age of Empires, Command and Conquer are staples of my first gaming experiences. So, yeah, we're sort of on the opposite ends of the spectrum for this, I think. But you've never played StarCraft? Never played StarCraft. Didn't know it existed until about
1: 2009-2010. So, I know. What happened in 2009-2010 for it to suddenly appear?
0: Uh, I was. We were working at the same place and talk in that place was a lot of the time about games wasn't it so
1: yeah i guess so i don't remember this ever being talked about
0: oh no yeah. i don't i don't think it was I, it wasn't like every day or anything oh, like okay. that it's just that when when you're working in a game orientated place you end up talking mm. and finding out about things that you don't you you haven't necessarily heard of before it's not like it was out of the ordinary for new things to
1: to be springing up when we were working well full together full disclosure from what you just said then i have played command and conquer before
0: Okay, so well, I, that's a I, real-time strategy. I hadn't quite
1: realised that was the same, the same thing, right? And so there you go. And what was your
0: verdict on
1: Command and Conquer? Eh, okay, fine. Righty-ho. Yeah. What well, one thing I did want to query actually before uh, while we're sort of on this topic. Um, so I, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole looking into real-time strategy, trying to really understand what it was, and I. Reading through the gameplay of Starcraft and how it works, it sounded a lot like Dungeon Keeper. So I thought, is Dungeon Keeper a real-time strategy? So I looked at a Dungeon Keeper, and that is built as a strategy game. So my question to you is, what's the difference between a real-time strategy game and a strategy game?
0: Well, everything in a real-time strategy will take place in, bum, 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 real-time. Yeah, So I get that. Dungeon Keeper, I haven't played Dungeon Keeper. But I, I, from what I gather, it's like Evil Genius, where everything, you're building a A layer, a dungeon, and then people will try and infiltrate the dungeon, and you have to sort of manage their infiltrations and and get rid of them and things. Is that right?
1: Yeah, but that happens in real time, doesn't it? Because yeah, well,
0: I would say I would say to some extent that that is a real time strategy. It's just that the scope of it is rather pared back because the. Real-time strategies that we've talked about so far, and StarCraft is one of them, involves you building up the power of a civilization of one kind or another, and taking on directly other civilizations on the same map. Uh, Dungeon Keeper, uh, and bear in mind, I am going purely off Evil Genius, Dungeon Keeper is more focused on building your base, and then there are tests of that base. That come in dribs and drabs, maybe one or two or three units will try and infiltrate the base at any one time. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think really it's just the scope of it. Dungeon Keeper, Evil Genius, let me say Evil Genius, I would say is real-time strategy, but very, very scaled down in terms of the conflict.
1: Okay. Right, that's piqued my interest somewhat more than for StarCraft. Then I'm, i feeling a bit more optimistic than I was earlier. So that's good.
0: Yeah, the the other the other elements that you might uh, find in real time strategy, and I can't remember whether you do you, do you gather resources in.
1: You do, you do. Yeah, have to you Gather have resources and goals. You send imps to go and dig, dig, dig for gold. Yeah. So
0: so resource gathering is an important factor of real time strategies, and the management of those resources, choosing the right things to build at the right times, um, and in the right amounts. Uh, the actual base building so in dungeon keeper you are building an actual base as it, as it's in as the same medieval genius in age of empires or starcraft or command and conquer you you will choose just an area and then you will build your little base around that so you might have um a, a age of empires a, a town hall and then around that you might have houses that then allow you to have a larger number of citizens and those citizens then can be sent out to gather resources like wood and stone and gold that can then be uh, invested into building a barracks and a, a stables and you can then build out an army from there so you go from having citizens to having an army okay. uh, and then that army can go out and explore the map and find those
1: civilizations that you are vying against and is that gameplay loop is that what you're expecting to happen in starcraft
0: i was expecting that to be the case yeah so this is do you know about do you know about the competitive side of starcraft i watched a couple of rounds of competitive starcraft so i've actually seen the game in progress and it is exactly as i was expecting it is a real-time strategy that requires you to uh, gather resources, build up an army, and then go and tackle. As I've said, the the other civilization on the map, or the civilizations on the map.
1: I suppose the the counter to Dungeon Keeper then is that in Dungeon Keeper, if I'm remembering Dungeon Keeper correctly, is that the baddies come and attack you. It's not that you are choosing to go and attack them. Well, That's they also maybe a key exist difference as well.
0: They also exist. Outside of them of the game world, don't they? And they yeah. come into yeah, the yeah. game world. Whereas whereas there are, are in StarCraft, in Age of Empires, in Command and Conquer, those two factions exist at the same time in the same game world and they are vying for for the resources on the map uh for the most part in in all of those games and in in most real-time strategy games that i've played you will be able to build a base and you will focus maybe your area of you will focus your efforts in resource gathering in your area of the map maybe say you choose the top left and i choose the bottom right and you resource gather there and then you you meet in the middle somewhere and the conflict ensues from there in again, in my experience, real time strategies haven't necessarily, or haven't often, uh, forced conflict over over scant resources. Uh, no, they've more been about um, building up that power base and then sending out your the representation of your power, your army, sending that out to to tackle whatever foe
1: is is at hand. What was your um? So just to loop, out to what you said of minutes ago Then, what was your experience then of watching the the multiplayer, the competitive aspects? Because I've got some notes about that as well.
0: Okay, um, I was watching a match from two thousand seventeen uh, between two. Uh, uh, they seem like they m- are titans of the of the scene. Uh, J. Dong and Bisu. Are you familiar? Are you, are you aware of those two people? Unsurprisingly, no. No. Okay. Um, so, Jadong and Bisou are p- apparently, like, they are basically the top two players for different reasons, and they were vying for the top prize in a world championship um, in 2017. The Beatles and, and the Rolling Stones of esports. I guess so, yeah. And this was, very specifically, this was StarCraft Brood Wars, the remastered edition of um, of StarCraft, the original StarCraft game, uh, because StarCraft Two exploded onto the onto the worldwide competitive esports scene when that came out and by and large that's been where the focus has been for for a while apparently but starcraft the original still has this uh presence on the circuit and jay dong and bisu are two of the big names in it they were vying for this championship and they one of them specializes in so we haven't mentioned there are three races that you can um players there's the what i they were playing as the zerg and the Protoss, i think they're called i don't know what the third one is called i was hoping you had it was, found uh, well,
1: out i i started writing down some details about this but i got so bored i gave up i think the the third species oh. were humans Oh, they were, were they? Right, yeah. Okay.
0: So one of them specialized uh, very heavily in Zerg, and one of them specialized, I think, in anti-Zerg tactics.
1: And to to clarify for anyone listening who's in the same position as us that doesn't know anything about how the game works, depends on which of those races you choose. It dictates how the game works. So some are better at fighting, but are worse at maybe harvesting or, or whatever. Mm. And-
0: they were, they were, they were fighting it out basically to see who was uh, who was going to be. Who's going to come out on top? And I actually, I've watched eSports a couple of times, I, or a few times. I've, I've given it a go in various different guises. And I was quite into watching this. The The reason for that was the, the frantic nature of the whole thing and how passable it is for the viewer. Because you, you have the map in the bottom left-hand corner. Um, and you have you have sort of a highlights thing going on where the commentators are choosing what you look at on the like in, in detail. Um, and it's so easy to, to read what's happening in the game and why they were doing certain things that it was kind of like watching sports. Wow. And it's not always the case. What I, I found when I've watched esports, sports and, and on top of that, it was so fast. Like everything was moving at a hugely rapid rate. How did you, in your dealings, did you find out, did you find the term APM? No, not at all. What's that? Right. So APM is actions per minute. And it's a term that was coined for use in in competitive esports, specifically for for competitive real-time strategy games like this. Actions per minute is what APM stands for, if I haven't already said that. And the actions per minute is how many actions you can perform every minute. That might be giving an order to a unit or placing a, a new building to be built or ordering new units to be built or, or any kinds of things like that. So if I say unit, attack this other unit, that's one action. Right. If I say a unit, move over there, that's another action. If I say building,
1: build me a new unit, that's another action. So are they so that against the the, the crux of this, their APM is gonna be off the scale, isn't it? That
0: was the question I was gonna ask you. Do you want to guess what their APMs were I'm, hanging at?
1: I'm gonna say hundred and twenty, averaging two per second. Three hundred and fifty
0: to five hundred APM is where these two were sitting in this one game. So on uh like generally like eight, be, eight
1: per second? No,
0: it's more than that, isn't it? Yeah, it's an absurd amount. It's insane. Yeah, it really is. Um, What would 500? Well, Let's not work it out. Four hundred eighty <laughs> would be eight per second, yeah, wouldn't it? Four hundred eighty would be eight per second. Bisou was hitting about four hundred eighty. Uh Jdong was sitting around three hundred and fifty to uh, th- to four hundred, depending on what was happening in the if game.
1: If you sat next to them, me, just here, click, 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 wouldn't
0: you? Yeah. <laughs> have you never seen it? I, no. Have you never seen? No. Uh, oh man, the speed at which they're pressing buttons. Presumably, they've remapped their keyboards and they've got everything mapped to like their left hand, and they're moving around. Not even necessarily thinking is basically touch typing for real-time right. strategies and that that from my understanding your apm will dictate whether or not you win a game because if you do not if you do not react quick enough to even the minor the most minor change in the game you will lose it and that that's at the very top tier um to give a comparison i found a thing i can't remember where it was but i'll find it again at some point so we can actually send it it, it, we can actually give it to people who are interested. But there was a thing that I read that said a normal person playing StarCraft would average about 50 APM. Yep. So yeah. 350, that's seven times <laughs> the speed. They're playing this game at seven times the speed that a normal person would play it. Superhuman. Which is absurd, yeah. yeah. And that is a low bound. 350 is, l- is low down on the APM register. The highest, the world record for highest APM is 818 actions per minute which is more than 10 actions per second.
1: I can't even like, understand I can't get my head around that. That's no, lightning fast reactions. Ridiculous. I don't know
0: how I don't know how they're doing it. I don't I don't know how long that was sustained for, the 818, but it's it's absurd. It's it's reacting faster mm. than you can think it feels. And this so, is on StarCraft 2, isn't it? That is no, that is on StarCraft, I think. Right. But I I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, let me know
1: so I found out that the original Starcraft was televised in South Korea in the mid noughties because of how popular it is. It, it's even yeah. just a benchmark for it being within popular culture. I remembered there was an episode of the Simpsons, which was all about getting into esports. It was series 30 episode 17. So I think the Simpsons is about to start series 33 or 34. So not actually that long ago, but no. that, that tends to be within the Simpsons. They'll, they'll do something about popular culture sort of after it's, Reached its zenith. Uh, The episode is called E My Sports, which I think is quite a a good title to to, to give it its due. But uh, just because we haven't talked about it yet, as well, the game itself, we've talked about it being televised in the mid-noughties and its popularity, etc. It originally released March 1998 on Windows. It then came out in March 1999 on Mac, only in America. And then N64 in June 2000 in America and in Australia in May 2001. It didn't come out anywhere else on the N64. Yeah. So of, of three years between, over three years actually, between originally appearing on the PC and its ending on the N64, which I think is quite remarkable as well. Mm, just in some ways, yeah. Now,
0: what was that, what else was remarkable was that the reviews for the N64 version, although they weren't as favourable as they were for the pc version one of the things that was pulled out of that was that the the mapping of the game to the controller was really well Mm. done we've talked previously about how lately modern um modern gaming has included um forays for like man sims management sims being ported to consoles and that the the control systems on those have similarly been extremely well done and that um that's only something that's come about in the recent years but actually so so for so for starcraft to get sort of accolades for how well it did that in 19 well 2000 2000, um i thought it was noteworthy the first one that i ever played on a console that would did a good job was halo wars and that was about 2007 there's seven years pro- uh, between them maybe if i would played it on the 64 i might have been less impressed
1: uh in future the game is developed by blizzard i didn't realize they did other games other than warcraft so that was a nice surprise to me i mean like that again probably shows my ignorance but there you go
0: mm, yeah maybe this is starcraft yeah, Warcraft. I, I, I get the Star link. Starcraft. And oh, again, yeah. I, I
1: feel quite silly for not having twigged that sooner. Yeah. Have you played
0: Pikmin? I've just, I just had a, a just a random thought come into my mind. Have you played Pikmin?
1: I had the demo. I first the demo actually on the Switch for ah. of Pikmin Three. I played it a bit. I wasn't overly keen, but okay. I, I I do want to go back to the demo because I know everyone raised about Pikmin. The, the reason why I wasn't keen is because I found it. It was all a bit much, but when I was playing it, I also had a call from my daughter's school to say that her bubble had popped. So then I had to sort of pause the game and try and sort out what on earth I was going to do with her. A uh, COVID bubble. A COVID bubble, yes. Um, so that, and then I didn't go back to Pikmin, so maybe right, okay. coloured somewhat I ju- by I just, situation. Maybe,
0: yeah. I just wondered if you played Pikmin because that's a very accessible RTS.
1: Yeah, that that Is was that? that was good. From what I remember, I I, I quite enjoyed it. Just did, yeah. haven't returned to it, but I do. I would like to.
0: So in terms of the in terms of the genre, I've mentioned some heavy hitters. Um there are there's oh god, it's just such a uh, such a huge genre. And in the early in the late nineties to the early noughties, there were so many brilliant ones coming out. Um This is regarded gener- generally as the one that set a template for everybody else to follow. This was this is the real time strategy to rule them all, uh to put it into nerd parlance, and that's saying something really, because the ones that I've mentioned, uh, they do a damn fine job uh, of setting out their stall as well. Prior to this, there was Total Annihilation, which I had, and that again was really well done. I, I actually got given that. I with the first PC we got, a friend of my my mum's friend's son who was at the time i was about 12 and he was in his 20s he came round to sort some stuff on it and he brought a cd it had half-life on right um and total annihilation total annihilation was one of the first um rts's i played on my own computer
1: instantly sort some stuff out on it sounds like code for removed all the porn he downloaded onto it it what i'm what
0: i'm saying in long form as always is that it's rubbing shoulders even at the time its contemporaries were some of the best games in the genre and still starcraft is considered the best of the best um which makes it all the more weird that i've never come back to it but it also gives me hope that maybe you will like it because it's the best of the best in the genre
1: yeah, I, when I was doing my research, the, the front cover, I, I distinctly remember seeing that in a lot of places. Like when I was going to PC World to buy PC games, I remember seeing that because it's quite a brooding picture on the front. And like you just said about the uh, accolades, it has this, that time you mentioned, ninety six two 2001 was when I was really into playing games on, on the PC. And mm. I, I can't remember if I got PC magazines or my uncle definitely did. I remember reading them around his house and that they were really um, you know into this this game and and, the, and, and the games you just mentioned annihilation etc i remember that cropping up a lot as well so it's it's a game that's been on my radar a lot
0: i honestly don't know how you played pc games at that point in time and managed to avoid or evade whichever one you were doing real-time strategies and turn-based strategies like almost completely i just don't know how you did it
1: i was down, at, at that time i was very much down the adventure
0: alley adventure games but they seem to me they seem like bedfellows they like happy bedfellows because they both require an element of sort of intellectual engagement
1: yeah, uh, yeah. and also thinking about it i was really into man sims as well and that's also actually yeah, actually as you, exactly. you, you talked yeah it really is so no yeah, i, I so don't know either no maybe tonight will be a happy revelation resource and...
0: management focus on the resource management and maybe you'll find someone so the other the other way this could go is that starcraft is uh, the best of the best in the genre and because of that it has things that are really well executed but hard to hard for outsiders to, to the genre to to sort of access so it might go that way but we'll see
1: while we're talking about how popular the game is as well i was uh, really I- impressed by its its heritage. So a- after coming out, there was, there was so much stuff, merchandise and things. There were novels, um, action figures, a board game, model kits, as well as expansion packs and add-ons. And then, as you mentioned earlier, a sequel came out in 2010. So with all this popularity and praise it's garnered, it's got 88% on, on Metacritic, I was quite surprised there's only ever been two games, Starcraft, two mainline games, I should say, StarCraft and StarCraft 2.
0: Mm. Now, again, from my a very recent uh, reading into the whole thing, they have been people have been expecting StarCraft three for quite a while, right? Okay. But there are rumours that it's sort of scheduled for twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three, somewhere around there. If people are and they are waiting for it, um maybe they aren't in for too much more of a wait. They've stopped, as far as I understand, they've stopped updating StarCraft two, um, and that still has a massive uh, esports presence so something must be going on in the background
1: and starcraft 2 you were telling me before we started recording this is now freemium is that correct
0: yeah it moved to a free-to-play model i think in 2017 somewhere around there i don't know what that entails and we're not going to be playing that one today We're, we're playing starcraft the original starcraft but the remastered version which incidentally came out for free in april of the same year in 2017 so some kind of restructuring and attempt to reinvigorate the series i guess uh by blizzard yes. or activision blizzard
1: again for that clarity we're playing the the free version available from blizzard's website if you're interested in playing it for free as well we'll, we'll put the link in the description as well but it is it is free for anyone which is is interesting you do have to create a, a battle.net account to access it it's six gigabytes so they might be stumbling blocks for some people but six gigabytes isn't particularly meaty in this day and age is it Nope, no
0: no no not exactly a hard a hardship
1: before we start playing then and seeing what all the who has about john's a few random facts i've found so if you got anything else you wanted to share
0: um i can say this very quickly and then i'd love to hear your facts great um
1: Correct obviously answer. there's
0: a multiplayer version which is esports where the esports comes in starcraft starcraft 2 both also have a single player campaign which um is what we're going to have a little look at StarCraft the first one its story and its voice acting apparently were very well well regarded well received by reviewers and in the fandom in the in the community it's generally considered that the storyline in StarCraft in the original StarCraft was the better storyline so we're going to be um sort of
1: experiencing the better version of that
0: great right facts hit me with the
1: facts info dump then when i was looking into this and setting up on battle.net because you had to install that in order to access the game It came up with this advert for starcraft cartoons which really caught my eye did you notice that yeah i did but not in any big way so what is that then in june 2019 uh, Blizzard decided to release a reskinned essentially version of StarCraft called StarCraft Cartooned, which is the exact same game, just done with these really bold, almost like a flash animation style star graphics. Um, oh. I don't know if it's aimed at children or if it's just aimed at people, you know, that Michael, Fo- Michael Pony type fan base or something. I don't know, but it looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And that's for the original StarCraft yeah, that we're going to be playing. Yeah. Might have to have a little look at that. That's what I was thinking as well, once I kind of got my head mm. around what it actually is, just trying that, because that really appeals to the, the cartoon fan in me. Uh, mm. A few other facts then. Um, the game itself went has been into space. In 1999, American astronaut David T. Barry took a copy up to the space, up to the space shuttle on mission STS-96. I'm not really sure if it was to play or just to have it float around his face with him. I don't know. It is the holder of four Guinness World Records. And in spring 2009, the University of California offered a StarCraft-focused course looking at the theory and strategy that the game offers.
0: Why? Well, actually, I've just asked why. And I I have got a fact of my own to give you. Um, I think the strategy must... Or or the way that the game plays... um, must be reasonably well considered, reasonably well thought out, because actually the American Army, as they were wont to do, um, the American Army were using this as part of their training program at one point. <laughs> That's a good yeah, fact. Yeah, I, yeah, I genuinely thought so. Uh, the American Army do have a history of this at the t- at the time we were in school or college, so mid mid to late teens uh, for you and I. American Army was a thing. I don't know if you remember the game American Army. No, American Army was a recruitment tool that the amount that the u.s army commissioned and gave away for free as as a free download to try and entice young boys to join the army you never played american army
1: no because that sounds dark suspect
0: yes well it it very much is as a as a recruitment tactic and people made a line whether this line existed or not i i can well see that it could have people made a line between the the behavior of some infantry in afghanistan and iraq and the fact that the american army had sort of gamified the war experience for a number of its new recruits in those in that period so sinister a little bit yeah they used to do that you know about top gun
1: though don't you i was just turning around because there was that book about the 80s there was that book about 80s films that i lent the you. the hadley I freeman can't one i love it yeah, yeah, I can't remember P- People Move Too Fast or something like that. It was it was cool. It's a highly recommended book if you haven't heard of it. Uh, as I actually said, the authors Hadley Freeman. I can't quite remember what the title is. This uh, journalist has entered a series of essays all about 80s films, analysing them in, in great detail. It's an absolutely fascinating read. But the chapter about Top Gun was remarkable. Uh, again, full disclosure, I'm not particularly keen on Top Gun. But the American Air Force, uh, when Top Gun was at its peak... They put recruitment stations in cinemas so that when people were leaving having seen Top Gun they would maybe feel compelled to join the, the Air Force. Which again I find sinister.
0: Yeah, sinister's I mean there's a whole podcast that you could do on the nature of of the military machine in America or in the West generally. But particularly America, America's military um America's approach to their military is interesting. I will leave it at that.
1: And on that note, let's play some StarCraft. Yeah. So I've been... uh... Busy during that middle bit, Ashley, haven't I? Cooking a big old slice of humble pie.
0: Really? Yeah. That was obviously going to be my first question. Are you, have you been enjoying yourself then? Because I, I haven't really asked. I'll just let you get on with it.
1: Uh, that was incredible. That was so good. Really? Yeah.
0: Ah, no, I wasn't expecting that turnaround at all. I genuinely was expecting you to come into this and be like, no. So... yeah Yeah. what what did you like so much about it then
1: everything i i can't i i enjoyed that so much it was i think as we said in the first half having a game that i think i've sort of been on the periphery of that genre and that and that game and whatever just fresh experience it it's i i feel i feel silly for not having tried it sooner it was right it was just really good
0: it's not just that you've not tried it sooner or not tried the genre you've actively stared clear of it and whenever i've talked to you about anything sort of close to it so those turn-based rpgs you've always said oh it's not my bag at all it's not yeah. my cup of tea it. and yeah you have so is it a case of you've just you've got to 30 how old are you like 30 million years old i don't yeah, know 30 million. 36
1: 35 you've got
0: 36 35 i thought you were 36 damn it um you got to thirty-five, and you just haven't tried it. That's that's what's going on.
1: Yeah, I had, as I said, that preconception of it being it, it was too nerdy for me. Which, as ah. a as a guy who now does a game podcast, seems a bit uh, counter idiotic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah,
0: um, yeah. I think you might be, and take this in the way that it's meant. I think you might be my nerdiest friend. So. <laughs> Wow. You know, are you, your your perception of yourself doesn't match up necessarily to yeah the way the world experiences you. I'm not sure. How,
1: I'm not sure how I feel about that, to be honest.
0: Oh well, I I as I said, take it the way it's meant. <laughs> However, you think that was meant. Well, that's the way you should take it. Maybe
1: maybe the the lesson from this episode is that I should have embraced my full nerd sooner.
0: Or or just don't put people in boxes and don't judge books or games or all
1: them things by covers. A lovely life lesson for all of us there.
0: Yeah, one that we're all supposed to... It's so... It's so. We should be au fait with that. The number of times that people say it and we all go, oh yeah. <laughs> but actually it's true. You should at least have a go. You should at least try and engage. I've watched the whole of the first Twilight um, having known... Well, having gone into it sort of going uh, no. And having had a very well i was gonna say long discussion but having had a discussion with my uh then girlfriend or fiance um hannah that is who's now my wife right off of made the bowl, that so sound really weird didn't yeah, i, I Got <laughs> to chat through your history
1: i didn't know then
0: no 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 um having spoken to hannah about it um at length i and knowing what i was or thinking i knew what to expect i then went and watched it and i did get some of what i expected but then i also got stuff that was worse you know so sometimes it doesn't work out sometimes it does so starcraft not twilight mm. that's that's the headline for this but, isn't yeah it?
1: absolutely so so you said that we both have quite separate experiences we managed to play the game with um through zoom with you minimized what each other minimized in the top corner so we could talk to each other about our experiences but yeah we just kind of got on with our own thing well, uh, there didn't we
0: I was doing that very consciously because I didn't want to get into a situation where I was sort of trying to highlight, oh, th- this is good, isn't it? Or mm. this is good and whatnot. I just wanted to leave you to it so that you could you could
1: come to your own conclusion. But um, we also had very different game experiences because of the way in which we mm. chose it. So actually discussing it as we did it probably wouldn't really have worked out. For, for clarity with that then, I went in playing as the humans. We were called the Terrans, I think. That was called Episode 1, and that was from how Ashley was talking about it, it sounded like the the human campaign was uh, quite a quite a lot simpler. H- how was your experience?
0: Uh, I don't think it's actually that the human campaign itself is simpler. I think it's that the way, the mechanics behind the way the humans work compared to the ones that I played as the Zerg. I think that they just operate very differently, and that the maybe the the like the building and so on in in the human. Uh, campaign is a bit more straightforward the zerg were really really quite interesting hard to get r- wrap my head around at first but basically you are like this bug um series of bug creatures and everything evolves or everything mutates from um these tiny well everything mutates from larva or larvae um as in sort of caterpillar type larvae or maggot type larvae um and you instead of building like uh houses or whatever like you might in age of empires you build hatcheries and the hatcheries then spawn on a regular basis three new larvae that you can then turn into new units so um you you might turn them into drones and drones are multi-use um units they can be used to gather your resources whatever they might be or you can then sort of send them to mutate the drones then can be mutated into useful buildings so um i well, mutated the actual, mine
1: the actual creatures that hatch then can they be yeah too, too, too. Ooh, right okay
0: yeah so the re- everything's like very viscerally alive in the zerg um civilization and they all look very bloody and gory and good Gutsy. The yeah. So the the drones that the the larvae turn into drones. The drones then can be turned into buildings, and the buildings can then be used to augment your different units. The drone. The there's the larvae also can be mutated into other things. So instead of as I said in in Age of Empires to up. To increase the amount of citizens you can have, you have to build new houses, and that'll allow you an extra three or four citizens. I can't remember exactly how many. In this, uh, as the Zerg, you have to create from these larvae. You have to mutate the larvae into what are called overlords, which look like uh, very again boogie um, gristly zeppelins that float around above your settlement or base. And for every one of those, it lets you then create more larvae and more drones and more buildings and so on. And you've also got Zerglings, which are like your little men. You've got Hydralisks, which are um, like anti-aircraft units, I guess. But everything, everything's alive. Nothing's mechanical. It's all made of meat.
1: Is it, is it like pulsating?
0: That, that sort of thing, yeah. That kind of um, aesthetic, if you if you get me. It's sort, of, it's sort of like if you open up, you know, when when in Doctor Who they open up a Dalek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So a Dalek is like a Zerg. There you go. The interior of a Dalek, the actual mm. fleshy bit. That's a Zerg, and and you instantly understood that, which should accurately orientate
1: everyone's level of how much of a nerd you are. <laughs> so guilty is charged. Exactly. Sat in my room with m- my bits of Lego dotted around me, etc.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, so but- yeah, the Zerg were really interesting the way that they worked, and I, um, I I quite enjoyed digging into it. Very different to the humans. Yeah.
1: So the word you use there is mechanical, which is pretty much my experience there. It reminded me a lot of Dungeon Keeper in the fact that I was creating a base, and it was all these. Um, not not shiny metal it was all a bit rusty and a bit a bit knackered which i quite liked mm. as well had that sort of aesthetic uh, but that was it was all quite standard making training camps to, to uh, barracks sorry, to train up some militia that, that can then go and destroy uh things and i was creating these robots which could harvest minerals which were the, basically the currency i then discovered the robots could then also be used as some um, health units to then Um, restore health to any soldiers that had been hurt during battle so it then became a game of two halves where i always had this base area where i was harvesting minerals in order to to do things and i got i completed the third mission which i was quite proud of as well and Mm. i i was able to create something that was then able to then level up the my soldiers and then i was also using them and going off exploring the map and doing things and a couple of times i got i came out of battles quite uh Sort of by the skin of my teeth, so I had to send. Where are yeah. yeah, so I had to send them back to the base just to to lick their wounds, and then I then discovered that you could physically these buildings were then um, ships. You could you could send them up, and they slowly lift up into the sky, and then you could then click elsewhere uh, on the map to to bring them down. So I was then able, as I was progressing through the map, I was then able to actually physically move the base. So actually, it wasn't quite as far for my troops to to march back to to heal, which again. As I was doing it on the fly, made it interesting because I was evolving my gameplay style as I played through that third mission, which I really enjoyed yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, and, and sort of learning new strategies, new ways mm. to um, advantage yourself. I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I again, I can't think of a just off the top of my head. I can't think of one that I've played where you can up sticks mm. and mo- and move everything. Uh, to where you want it so yeah that's pretty cool
1: and that was the third mission the second one the the, the, f- the first mission was almost a tutorial just get mm. me t- uh, to understand the basics of it and then the second one was where i had to search the map for a particular character called Rainer, who was um, um, a bit of a maverick which i, I, I quite liked uh, because his voice actor which i'll, I'll come back to we'll, we'll talk about uh, it in yes. a bit. Yeah. but then um, I then had to use him to explore around the map. And it was then this, this thing where I had to destroy aliens, but also protect him at the same time. So I liked mm. how each mission had a different set of objectives. And it, again, it changed the gameplay style I was going through. So it, it kept me interested throughout those three missions. The fourth yeah. mission was then to survive for 30 minutes. And that's the point at which we stopped because uh, I didn't want to... Play from the, I could quite happily have played for 30 minutes, but uh, alas, time is against yeah, us. Yeah, time's
0: ticking on, isn't it? it, it was. Um, I was in the middle of a mission at the time, and again, I didn't feel like I needed to stop. I could have quite happily played on Mm. uh but it was evident that certainly at my apm it was going to take me a long time so on on the note on the apm you can actually in the game settings you can turn on a display that tells you um what your apm is and you can set an alert so that you know when you're dipping below a certain number I I stupidly, well, not stupidly, I turned it on out of curiosity. I turned on the alert and I turned on the actual display of the APM. And I set it to tell me
1: every time it dipped below 20. So that's one every three seconds? Yeah, compared one to, action every three seconds. Compared to the and, who are going team, what was it, 380 to 800 or something ridiculous?
0: Well, 800 was the very top yeah. uh, of it, but 350 to about 500, right. uh, Bisu and Jadong, uh, when I watched them playing. I was, I was dipping below 20. There was a, a siren that was going off almost from the very beginning <laughs> of, of my first mission. And I was like, well, that's really annoying. Why is that going off? And it took me most of the first mission, about half an hour. It took me half an hour to realize that that siren was the siren. It was the alert to tell me that I was below 20 APM. <laughs> so I, I, I swiftly turned
1: it off. Yeah, understandable.
0: I experimented a little bit with it in terms of giving units orders. So I I chose an Overlord, which is one of my little floating house zeppelin things, and I just clicked to make it move, and I just kept clicking and clicking. And the rate at which you have to click to mo- even just to move a zeppelin, even just to move an Overlord around, the rate at which you have to click to get to fifty APM is absolutely absurd. Like I was clicking for the for for my life. It was ridiculous. So how they are doing 350 seven times the the speed of of my moving an overlord around and also doing it in beneficial and fruitful ways mm. and keeping an eye on everything that's going on and how things are playing out and strategizing for their own advantage and scouting out various uh parts of the map and keeping an eye eye on everything that the other players doing all of that roll into one doing it at a rate seven times as fast as i could move an overlord around in a in a square it is just absurd yeah. i i still don't understand it my mind is racing at the sheer mind boggliness of it
1: mind boggliness that's a good that's a good word well, i while you were finishing off your mission i had a look at the video you've been watching just because i mm. this is the first time i ever watched any esports whatsoever it's never interested yeah. me either and i was really impressed by how uh, slick it all was the, the, yeah. the set and the commentators were amazing and then as you said there the gameplay was was just something else to behold yeah well worth a watch if you're interested
0: yeah he, they were playing out uh like best of five in that uh championship and i think they got through through the first two games Bisu won the first two rounds um they got each through each of them in about 20 minutes if it had been me it would have taken me about four hours i reckon based on based on my attack well i it wouldn't would it because Anybody could have beat me. I think <laughs> anybody at twenty less than twenty a.m.
1: Um, just as a side note, while we're talking about uh, these guys in the esports scene, we were playing the original version from 1998 tonight. Mm. There is a remastered version which released in August 2017. I had a look at some comparison videos and screenshots, and it looks really nice. Um, that remastered version was created in conjunction with those esport champions which i thought was pretty interesting
0: yeah what Dong and mm. bisu yeah they really? they
1: provided some sort of not not technical support but just feedback as to what uh, underneath they the wanted things. or needed
0: yeah. yeah okay that's really interesting i didn't know that before um i came into this i didn't know it, it before you said it just then so that's yeah that's a a bit of information i didn't know um makes sense because i suppose they're making it for them that exactly. the main the main Uh, audience i suppose for starcraft remastered will have been people that are playing it competitively and people that are watching those competitors so um i don't know if i told you how much they were earning from that championship oh i I don't want to know
1: it's going to be i'm going to tell you anyway
0: a quarter of a million dollars for first place and i think it was something like if you if you placed in the top 16 you got at least fourteen thousand dollars so that's that's a wage for a lot yeah, of people it is. uh from one championship if you can be one of the best 16 in the world you you've got a you can make a living well wow. and then if you do a couple of championships a year a couple of tournaments since
1: yeah,
0: to, certainly well i we're, we're well past it the other thing that i thought was interesting was that they were talking about Jadong dong and BC like they were old men and in 2017 i think they probably were leagues younger than we were and they were like oh yeah they've uh They've put off their military service for as long as they possibly can. They've got to go do national service because you know they're getting on.
1: Oh,
0: no. uh, so yeah, That's interesting the times, the bear, isn't it? Precisely. We we would genuinely, I think, we would genuinely just not have the reflexes, the the twitch oh. responses to to play this in any manner I, I already, that would be competitive. I already
1: know from WarioWare. Uh, a couple of weeks ago that my reflexes are terrible That that mini game where he had to catch the ruler as it fell through his hand oh
0: oh right okay great well
1: done goodness yeah. me.
0: <laughs> totally different kettle of fish i think to catching a ruler but <sighs> the hey-ho
1: the music was also really good
0: yeah everything In everything sound wise was good wasn't it? it i i think i had to turn the meter off unfortunately because i couldn't hear you when you were talking so I had to turn that off but the the music was brilliant the voice acting as well I don't know
1: if you picked up on that yeah but that I was very impressed with the voice was, acting also mm. uh, shout outs to the, the villains being pantomime Russians I thought that was uh, oh were they yeah right, okay well
0: command and conquer made hay with that particular trope so um, this, this was was this before command and conquer I can't remember but around the same time they were all doing it in the 90s weren't they yeah, I just played straight straight into that, does not it? I was the pantomime villain. I was the Zerg. I was these horrible-looking David Cronenberg-style books, maybe, and I had a slurpy
1: s- sort of slushy voice. Maybe they maybe they were black guys, and maybe I may just assumed they were because they're Russian, and that says more they're about Russian me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, perhaps that.
0: Mm. Did you come across the Protoss? I don't think I did come across the Protoss, the third civilization.
1: No, I think during my third mission, I was killing a load of your lot, so no, I didn't And I was basically just spending all my time killing a load of your lot,
0: so uh, the Protoss are just sat there watching us from the sidelines, I guess.
1: Potato, potato.
0: Staying out of it,
1: which seems sensible. No, who are they? What are they?
0: I don't know. I just wondered if you'd come across them and uh, could give us some insight into what their unique capabilities or or whatever are their
1: aesthetics are but not a clue stuff so that's that shut down straight away
0: yep there you go our due diligence clearly not done <laughs> never mind <laughs> uh. right so you've come into this second half sort of professing a complete turnaround Brilliant. on rts games does this leave you then with a taste for more
1: honestly yes i would play other rts games based on on this tonight i really really enjoyed it i i there was, there was so much matter to enjoy it was that's for me the overriding thing was that sense of achievement through it that I was starting off not really understanding what I was doing to then thinking about to my finish third mission and I was clicking I mean not quite at the you know standard of these four people but I was you know clicking here and everywhere and moving people around and I was just really enjoying that sense of achievement that I got from that in that case then you should be looking
0: you should be looking probably first and foremost at age of empires just because it's a, a classic of the genre everybody's very familiar with it there's actually a new age of empires coming out this year um I, in fact i say this year i think let me just double check i think it's this month Ooh. let me let me check it might not be this
1: month let me is that going to be on game pass yes it is uh, yeah you're so you're game, have a little go your game pass is still paying dividends then it, very much
0: so that's a whole other com- conversation we've completed three games on game pass this week this weekend even hannah and i uh so very good super liminal uh, psychonauts to finish that this week what was the other one call of the sea which was a, a nice surprise age of empires 4 28th of october so next month the end of next month um that's one that you should hit up we've got total annihilation that's a a classic Homeworld. Homeworld is a slightly different kettle of fish because it's all set in a 3D um, space because it's in space. You're moving uh, space carriers around and uh, spaceships around this 3D um, map, which is uh, pretty cool. Did we say StarCraft
1: was isometric? I don't think we did. Maybe we should have mentioned that in the first half. Oh, yeah.
0: StarCraft is isometric. Great. Good. Good, Good. Good. It's a fairly staple part of RTSs of that period. Uh, being at uh, 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 one of the best that i played empire earth empire earth is a very very good strategy game if you can get your hands on that i've got a, a cd copy have you still got a cd drive in your laptop yeah i, I might
1: that was might one of the to... that was one of the key criteria for getting this laptop was that it has a cd drive built into it and because i wanted that it made it quite difficult to get one
0: yeah i can imagine annoyingly mm. um I'll, I'll send you Empire Earth, maybe in the post then, and then you don't have to
1: source it because I don't imagine it's that easy to find. At the end of the day, though, are any of these free like StarCraft is? Because that's a, that's big a good question. bonus on its side.
0: Well, Empire Earth will be free to you, but it won't be free to everybody else. I'm sure they've made Homeworld or Homeworld 2 free at some point in the past. It might be free now. Uh, Warcraft, Warcraft 2 and Warcraft 3, the the precursors to World of Warcraft, all of those are, are there, and they're pretty fun, and they are probably free or something like that. I'm not. Go- I'm not looking it up. You can do that. Age of Mythology. That's another good one. I could go on. I could go on. I'm. I'm sorry.
1: I also had a look during the halftime after I finished off my bit of time with StarCraft itself. I had a look at StarCraft cartoon, to which we talked about in the first half. Oh yeah! It looks incredible. I don't think we did talk about it in the first half, did we? I, mentioned- I think that was
0: off. Oh you did, you did, you did, you did.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Just for clarity then, if you, if anyone's forgotten, StarCraft Cartooned is a reskinned version of the original game, which came out in June 2019. And it's literally exactly the same game, just with this really cartoony aesthetic. And I did a bit of digging into who it's aimed at. It seems to be that it's aimed at people who have played the original and want that um sort of in the past with that reskinning but they seem to have also ended it at children i'm not sure if children really will be playing starcraft but that's as you said a conversation for another time perhaps but it looks so good it, it reminds me a lot of lego games the trailer is the fmv from the original game playing through which actually as an aside the fmv is also really really good if i'd watched that in 1998 i'd have been on this like a rash it was so cool it's the original FMV, but these horrible alien creatures are then being replaced with these little, by these little cartoony versions from the reskins and just having that mm. juxtaposition of the FMV of what you know was coming and then suddenly having these little cartoon characters was brilliant. And mm. then it then went on to being a bit, like I said about like the Lego games, this sort of silent slapstick where characters were pointing at each other and shrugging and things like that, which I've always got a soft spot for those games as well. Mm. um starcraft cartoon if you're interested in trying that it's nine pounds which i know isn't really breaking the bank but then you got you know starcraft originals free etc etc
0: yeah it does sound good i forgot to look it up but there you go it does go on sale um as well starcraft cartooned every so often um cheapest has been 6.75 so not a huge huge amount about 25 percent but yeah you could keep your eye on that if you if you think
1: nine pounds a bit much thank you for listening to our 80th episode uh we'll be back next week episode 81 with a normal game it'll be ashley's turn to bring a game for me to try and then obviously in 10 more weeks we'll be episode 90 i'll do another classic game and then it's on to episode 100 from there yeah in the new year it'll be 2022
0: by the time we're on episode 100 gosh and golly if you do want to show your support for us you can uh, join us on facebook and youtube and twitter and in even instagram although uh we're we're active on to varying degrees on all of those uh it's nice to see new people it's nice to know that people that are listening are sort of responding to it so yeah please do come and join us there uh we'll see you again next week for another episode bye
1: bye